We now begin the ninth chapter of Masechah's Bavakama. This is Perk Test Mishnah Aleph 9.1. And it's Hagozel, talking about robbery. Now, when one takes something which doesn't belong to him, he could do it in one of two ways. He could do it um, by force, you know, essentially taking it against the will of the owner, or he could do it um, by stealth, sneakily. He could take it without the owner knowing. He could sneak in and take something which didn't belong to him. Those are two separate isurim from the Torah. Taking by force is called gazela, and the, that's a prohibition of the Torah, lo sigzol. There's a separate prohibition, which is taking um, something like sneakily or being sneaky, cheating, um, and that's lo signavu, the prohibition against geneva. We saw back in the seventh parak the penalties of the kefil payment, the double payment, or the arba v'chamisha, if one would um, be gonev, one would steal, but it's stealthily, sneakily steal someone's cow or someone's goat or sheep, and then he would sell it or slaughter it, then you'd have to pay the special, you know, five or four payment. That all applies in the context of Geneva. When it comes to Gezela, just robbery, there's no obligation um, even to pay Kefal, no penalty of paying the double payment. It's The Torah simply says that one must veheshev es ha-Gezela asher gazal. One must return the stolen object that he stole. And that is the full demands of the Torah. Um, it seems to me that this is um, not unlike other places in the Torah, uh, where if one acts in a very, you know, wanton way that he just disregard for the law and disregards for the consequences, so we don't really afford him with much of an opportunity to achieve atonement. We simply make him essentially pay back what he what he took, um, and then leave the rest up to heaven. You see that, for example, in you know misappropriation of hekdesh. Uh, you see that when a person does an avera that has a penalty that would bring a, a chatas, but he does it bemazed. We don't afford him the opportunity to bring a chatas, and so on. So here too, the one who's gozel, just brazen disregard for the law. So the requirement is he must return what he stole, and the rest, you know, he'll have to deal with making amends um, with the person who he victimized, and uh, and with heaven as a separate, his own cheshben. Okay, there's no malchus or something like that, there's no lashes, medoraisa, that go along with um, theft, because this is considered a lav say it's a Prohibition from the Torah, which has its own remedy by some positive commandment, the positive commandment of returning what was stolen. So that's all that um, the full consequences that the um, that the robber has to has to uh, endure, which is returning what he stole, and more that it's really up to heaven. So what that boils down to, therefore, is that our mission here to talk about the requirement to return that which doesn't belong to the person who stole it, and that really applies equally to Geneva and Gazela. It's the stuff we learned back in the seventh parak about the kefal payment, the double payment, and the, or the four and five payment. That's peculiar and unique just to Geneva. But Gazela doesn't have any kefal payment. But the requirements to return the object that we'll see over here, and all the details we'll explore in this parak, um, apply really equally to both Geneva and Gazela. Now, um, the essential point that our Mishnah on the Mishnah I up ahead want to deal with is the Pasuk says, Veheshevesa Gazela, you have to return that which was stolen, Asher Gazal, that he stole. And this turn of phrase, Asher Gazal, that he stole, is ostensibly superfluous. You don't need to say that. Um, what's it coming to add? So the drasha is that so long as that which was stolen is still extant, it still exists as it was when it was stolen, it must be returned. But if it's no longer around, um, either because it's just, you know, it's, it's no longer in existence, or because it's changed in such a way that it doesn't exist because now it's, it's something else. So then there's no obligation anymore to return the actual object or what it's been converted into. 
Instead, one just has to return the value of what he stole at the time that he stole it. And our Mishnah will discuss what happens if the value of the thing, meanwhile, has gone up or down. Those are the common Mishnahs here. The essential point here is that if there's been a shinui, if there's been a change to the object, um, such that really in the basic way to think of it, we'll have some details further on, but is that the shinui, the change in the object that was stolen, has to meet two criteria. I mean, it has to be that the um, if it's done by the the change is affected by the thief, so it must be what's called a a, um, a shinui, a change that's enochos so that can't revert back. It's like a one directional change; you can't undo what was done. Um, and then there has to be a change that is not only that's irreversible, but also um, significant enough that the new object carries with it a new name. People refer to it as something different. It's called the Shinui Hashem. Its name has changed. So uh, with those two criteria met, now the stolen object is considered to be no longer a Sher Gazel. It's something else, not what he stole. And therefore, there's no obligation to return the object itself. Um, but rather, he has to return just the value. So let me give some examples to make sure this is clear. Um, and then the mission will sort of uh, will recap what I'm saying in much more uh, fewer words. So if one steals logs, okay, and then he... Um, works on the logs to, say, remove, let's say, sand them down so there's no more splinters on the logs, okay? So that's a lot of work, and that work, however, um, well, it, it's sort of irreversible because you can't bring the splinters back. It's not considered to be a significant enough change uh, to not need to be returned back the logs because people still refer to them as logs. They're just now sanded down logs. In Hebrew, which is really the essential thing is how it would be referred in, in Lashna Kodesh, it's called etzim, before and afterwards. Okay, so sanding it down isn't enough to be considered a change that's material enough that would now allow the thief to keep what he took and return just value in exchange. The things have to go back. In contrast, if a person stole the wood and turned it into a chair, so now that only is not only a, a, a shinui maisa, he did work on the on the actual invested labor into the wood to turn it into a chair, but also it's no longer called wood or logs, it's called a chair. That's a shinui shame. And therefore, the the Gazan or Ganav would be able to keep the chair and just return the value of the logs that he stole at the time he stole them. If a person stole logs and turned them into a raft, so he, you know, he tied those four logs together, and now it's like a nice little flotation device. So that is some work. That's a shinui. Um, and it's also a shinui Hashem. It used to be called logs, and now what it turned into is called a raft. But still, since you could just essentially untie those four logs and they'd revert back to being logs, it's a shinu that is chozulabriya, so that it would go back to its original um, state. And therefore, uh, similarly, the ganav, the thief, would, or the gazlan would have to um, untie the raft and return the logs that he that he stole. Okay, there is, I think, quite a well-known um, dindra banan, the takana sashavim. Uh, and an act made for the sake of people to do tshuva, which is, and this is really not the topic of our Mishnah directly, but I'll make, speak it out here. If a person steals something, um, and he doesn't do um, technically the shinui that would make it that he doesn't have to return the actual object, but now to actually return the object he stole would cost him dearly, a substantial economic loss, the rabbi said, for the sake of people doing tshuva, we let him not return the stolen object, but rather return the value of the object. So, for example, if one stole a log and he t- used the log to be like a joist, like to uh, build his home, such that if he would take away the log now to return the log he took, um, the house would have to be you know, demolished or would fall down or something. So now, even though the log is still a log and it's still called a log, but because to give the log as it is back to the victim would require the thief to incur great loss, his house would tumble down or have to undo the, lose his house, 
Therefore, because of Takanas HaShavim, for the sake of people doing tshuva, the rabbi said, we're happy to let him return just the value of what he stole. Okay, so that's um, the basic uh, starting point of this of this uh, this Mishnah and this Masech, this chapter, and therefore it says now inside, Hagozel Eitzim Vasan Kalim. If one steals wood and turns them into utensils, he turns you know, a log of wood into you know salad bowls or something, or Tzemer Vaso Bagadim, or one stole raw wool and then he turned the raw wool. Now he spun it and turned it into you know clothing. So then, since that's considered to be a Shinui Maisa. A change that is not chozlebri so You can't turn the salad bowl back into a log. You can't turn the sweater back into raw wool. And it's got a different name. It's now called a sweater. It's called a salad bowl. Therefore, mishalem kshas hagazela, the thief is exempt from this requirement of being of being heishiv as hagazela to return the the stolen object because it's not a sher gazel. It's no longer in the way that he stole it. Therefore, he can just give the value instead at the time the value of what it was at the time he stole it even though it's worth more now. And the increase in value, that the sweater's worth more than, than raw wool, etc., he can keep for himself. Gazal param uberis v'yalda. What happens if a person steals a cow, and the cow at the time that it's stolen is uh, pregnant, and then it gives birth to a calf? Or similarly, Rachel t'unagzaza. He steals a, 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 Rachel is like a U, E-W-E, meaning like a, a sheep, a female sheep. Tauna, that's like laden with wool, ugazaza, and then he shears the sheep to get the wool. So now he has, you know, wool and sheep separately. Um, so now, in both those cases, Mishalem deme para haomedes leled and deme rachel haomedes ligazes. He is going to make a financial payment based on the value of a cow, how much it's worth at the time of it, you know, being pregnant, ready to give birth, um, or, a, or a sheep laden with wool. So now, even though the mission sounds like it's when it's ready to give birth, but the truth is the din would be you're paying based on the value of the cow or the sheep at the time it was stolen. Um, according to the way Rashi learns and the bartender learns like Rashi, the cow giving birth to a calf or the sheep giving its wool is not considered to be a shinui in the animal. And therefore, according to Rashi, the animal would still have to go back. So one steals the pregnant cow um, he has to return the cow back to the original owner. It's just that the pregnant cow is worth, excuse me, the, the cow that's being returned is worth less than a pregnant cow. And that being the case, the differential, the financial differential between the cow as it is now and the cow as it was when it was stolen, that piece has to be paid in, in money. That's how Rashi learns. Um, when the bartender goes to the Rashi, fine. There are others, like the Rosh and others who learn no, um, the mission should be read exactly like it sounds, that um, a cow going from being pregnant to non-pregnant or a sheep going from being laden to unladen is considered to be a sufficient change in the animal that the animal now no longer needs to be returned and instead just the value of the animal at the time of the theft is what could be returned to the victim. The mission continues and says, Gazal para abra v'yalda. person stole a cow. The cow was not pregnant, but he keeps the cow for a year and for, or whatever it is. And while he holds that cow, the cow gets pregnant and gives birth to a calf. So it goes to the whole process of pregnancy and birth. Where similarly, Rachel, he steals this sheep. The sheep is not laden with wool. But then, Vinitana, it becomes laden with wool. And then, Eitzlo, while it's in his possession. And Ugzaza, and the thief also then shears that sheep, getting the wool. So then, Mishalem Kshasa Gzela, says the Mishnah, he has to return the value of 
what he took at the time that he took it, meaning he gets to keep the calf or keep the wool for himself. It's just the original value of the cow or sheep that was taken. And according to Rashi, and the Bartonoro seems to suggest that um, the animal becoming pregnant or not pregnant um, is not considered to be a, a, a material change in the animal itself, and same goes for the wool coming and going. Um, it would seem that according to Rashi and the Bartonoro, here too, um, it's the cow itself that has to go back, or the sheep itself that has to go back to the original owner. Just that, um, we're saying here that technically the the Gazan, the thief, is allowed to keep um, keep what he keep the calf that was born or the wool that that came from it. Um, that's the that's the din midoraisa. It's worth noting that the that the Gemara brings a story from Nachman and that and the Rambam is that in this way. If a person is a repeat offender. He's constantly going out and stealing. So then the rabbis will get involved and penalize him and say, listen, you have to return the value you got from, if you stole a cow and it was used it to plow, you not just have to return the cow, you have to return the value you got from, you know, the plowing. Or the same goes with the wool you got from the sheep and that kind of thing. But that would be a dinder or a bun. And rice, it's just the object has to be returned as it was at the time that it was stolen. Finally, says the Mishnah, Zaklal, the principle is, Kol ha-gazlanim mishalman gazela all thieves, all robbers, return or pay back, make compensation based on what it was, the value of what they took at the time they took it. Now the Gemara asks, as it always does, when you say the words, this is the principle, the Gemara always wants to know, well, what's that coming to add? And the reason why the Gemara always asks that is because, in general, every sentence in the Mishnah is a klal. It's The Mishnah is not giving specific you know, one-off rules. It's giving you, in general, principles, which would be, you know, to govern... Many cases, and since the mission is giving principles in general, why would it then give another summary principle, which is really restating the principles that were just set forth? So it must be there's an additional point to be brought out. And here the Gemara says, why is it saying zakla? What's it adding? So it's coming to add. Um, you could have even a, a small change or a change that happens by itself without the input, the active input of the thief, and that too could be considered to be um, a sufficient shinny that would allow the thief to keep what he took. Um, and just return the value of what he took. And so that will be, for example, if a person steals a lamb and then he keeps the lamb in his possession until it reaches, you know, one month, one one year, one month, and one day old, call it 13 months old, uh, at that point, it's no longer called a lamb in halacha. At that point, it's called a ram. And a ram in aisle has different dinim than than a lamb, than a, than a simple, you know, a tele, a, a, a kid or a, a baby lamb. And that being the case, it's considered to be a change that's material and has a shining Hashem, it's got a different name, and therefore now, even though the thief didn't do anything besides just wait, um, he is now able to keep this ram that grew up. Uh, and that, again, would apply like all these things, both to Geneva and Gazela, both equally, which would mean that if a person, this is going to now just listen carefully, if a person stole a lamb as a ganav, referring back to the seventh parak. So he has to pay back kefal, right? The double payment. Um, but now if he waits till that lamb grows up and becomes a ram, and then when it's a ram, since he says now he, he now becomes the owner of that ram, no longer needs to return it. So if he then sells the ram, or he slaughters the lamb, excuse me, slaughters the ram when it's grown up, so that's considered to be not slaughtering the lamb or selling the lamb he stole. And therefore, even though he slaughtered or sold the animal that he that he stole, um, he does not pay this like four-time payment because what he slaughtered was his when it became a ram, or what he sold was his when it became a ram. Okay, so that'll be the din. I'm really lahalacha.